Come on, louder and longer than that. Come on, Thane. Is Thane out there? Come on, make some noise. Where's my hollerers? Where's my yellers? My Omars? My Glens? Come on, my front row, Cricello. Come on, make some noise. Come on, can we give God 10 seconds of praise? Is getting a blister on your hand okay? God is so good. Breakthrough is coming. I don't want to just sing about breakthrough and not put the put the ending on it, whatever you want. Breakthrough in my marriage, breakthrough over COVID, breakthrough for my nation, breakthrough over hatred, breakthrough over racism. Break. We either believe that there is a God or there is not. I don't want to have church and we just play church and you come into church because your friend made you come. If you don't want to be here, there's the door. I don't need people. in. I want to be as bold as Jesus was. Jesus started walking to Jairus' house and as he was on his way to Jairus' house, there's a bunch of people out there whining and moaning. Ah, oh, what are they doing? Ah, oh, what is it? And, compli- and complaining. And Jesus said, shut your mouth. You are not allowed to follow me. I'm going in here with my five. And you're not allowed to come in here. Because where I'm going, I need to raise the dead. Where I'm going, I have miracle power. I have healing power. And I need people of faith to go with me. I need somebody who's got some faith in this room to get ready for what God's about to download in your spirit and in this place. Oh, slip out if you don't know. Because God's going to do something. I need to read this scripture. This is going to be the best service all day. I'm, oh, I'm not kidding. It's going to be the best service all day. If you're tuning in online, tag somebody who tuned in the other two and tell them you missed the best one. And let them know you better tune in now. Share it. Like it. Hey, turn to your neighbor and say, I'm glad I picked this one. I want to share with you a scripture that's gonna, that, that you know it's notorious and it's powerful and it's very famous and familiar. But I want to, I want to point some things out to you that I've never preached on before. I, I've preached this passage thousand I don't even know how many times but I've never preached this piece of it I love it when God takes you to a scripture you've known since you were like five and says can I show you something new and you're like is there Psalms chapter 16 verse 13 it says then Samuel the man of God took the horn of oil and anointed him everybody say anointed Somebody say, I want my anointing. anointing. Somebody say it again. I want my anointing. I'm here to tell you today, you are qualified for an anointing. And by the end of this service, you may have never felt an anointing, been qualified for anointing, been equipped for anointing, been an assignment for anointing, but you will be anointed before you leave here today. I'm going to show you it's going to happen and you're going to feel it. If there's resistance, let it fall away. He says he anointed him in the midst of his brothers. Why did have to put that? Because they were options as well. And the spirit of the Lord came upon David. And the spirit of the Lord came upon David. And the spirit, I'm going to preach just, you're not even going to sit the rest of the service. And say the spirit of the Lord came upon me. We keep reading about David, but I remember Jesus paying the price on the cross, and I remember him dying and resurrecting. I remember him pouring out his Holy Spirit that I don't have to read about somebody else's name in my place. I get to put my name in there. I get to put my family in there. I get to put my home in there. I don't have to read about what David did. I get to read about how the Spirit of the Lord came upon me. 
Oh, I'm going to preach today. Somebody say preach it. Preach it. Came upon David from that day forward. It never left him till he died. The murdering, adulterous, horrible father, David. The Spirit of God never left him. Before there was all the scriptures about how Jesus said, I'm going to pour it out and I'm not taking it back. My gifts are without reproach. Before all of that happened, David got a promise that nobody else got. Because I'm here to speak to you a promise that doesn't have an expiration date on you. And he said the spirit came upon him from that day forward. So Samuel arose. I just want to preach about Samuel now. Arose and went to Ramah. I wish I could preach about Ramah too, but we'll get into that another day. Lord, I thank you. Holy Spirit fall. We aren't here to play church. We're here to be the church. I didn't come here to hear another cute word and be entertained by a preacher's gifting. I want the anointing. And I thank you, God, that there is an anointing to break the bonds. There's an anointing to break the yoke. There's an anointing to break the addiction. There's an anointing to bring healing. There's an anointing to bring reconciliation. There is an anointing in this place. And I thank you for your anointing. And I pray that you would help me under the unction of your anointing accomplish the assignment for which you have me on. Do not let me waver or weary in it. Let me move forward and accomplish, God, what you have for us. In Jesus' mighty name, everybody shouted a good amen. 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 Let's give God some praise. Turn to your neighbor, tell him it's going to be a good one, and be seated. I got an illustration that God gave me that I want to show you here in a minute, but I also want to launch a whole new series. Everybody say, what's the difference? difference? How many hear this question right now? What's the difference between Republican and Democrat? What's the difference between right and left? What's the difference between mask and no mask? I wear my mask in the church. I wear it to and from. I treat it like a restaurant. You can feel free to do whatever you you feel comfortable with, wear it during, not during, whatever. Uh, But I wear it to like a restaurant. And I take my mask off. And, of course, I take it off when I preach because this probably wouldn't go over well. So I want to make sure that I can, un- you can understand me. But uh, what's the difference? Because th- we can ask this question and already be defensive. What's the difference between our church and other churches? Did you know you could ask that question and not be despairing about the other side? I can, I can promote you without being despairing about them. What's the difference between you and me? I got real quiet. What's the difference between Christians and disciples? I know a lot of Christians. What's the difference between tithing and tipping? That's a later subject. I'm not going to preach on it today, but let me just give you a little insight for that. And it's really practical, and it'll help you unlock your mind. Tipping is for somebody who serves you. Tithing is for somebody you serve. I, I, I tip my waitress, and like, oh, good job. Maybe. <laughs> and, and no, I'm kidding. I never go to, I'm going to tell you right now, don't be stingy. I tip 20% or more. I never tip anything less, even if they were bad, because they're listening to your conversation. And let me, okay, let me go a little bit further. This isn't even part of the message, but I'm going to preach about it. But because we got a lot of Christians going out there being stingy and, and, and hopefully at some point in your conversation, you did mention Jesus at least once. They got real quiet, but every time I go, 
Yeah, every day, there's a man that I know who repents if he's gone longer than 15 minutes without mentioning Jesus. He'll stop. He pulled over a car on the side of a highway. Lord, forgive me. Powerful man of God. We need to be, are we in that? And, and, and are we just tipping God? Or are we, are, is he serving us or are we serving? We got to change some. What's the difference between you? What's the difference? What's the difference between happiness and joy? I want to talk about a lot of these subjects and more throughout this series, but I'm just going to introduce it today and get us warmed up. You remember, who knows a, a karate kid? Six people. Okay. Remember karate kid, Mr. Miyagi? He, and the music would play. Dun, 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 dun. I wish I had some music. Where are you, Josh? And he was like, boom, the music starts playing. And he was getting ready because he was getting warmed up. And he was about to do something. Oh, somebody say, let's get warmed up. Because God wants to do something, and God never just goes straight from zero to 100. God is going to, God has a process. Everybody say, there's a process. So, So through that process of climbing a mountain, through that process of discipleship, through that process of life, through that process of everything, there's a process where God warms you up to new concepts, ideas, direction, and vision. And so within this concept, I want to talk today the difference between you and me. And the broader perspective, us and them, right? I want to talk about you. I, I, I want to. T- I, can I can I tell you this before we even get started? This is going to be the most encouraging series you've ever been a part of. I, I, come on, somebody start smiling right now. Like, thank you, Jesus. I did a whole series on idols. Be like, y'all better get your idols out of here. And I was driving them out and taking care of business. But I want the Lord told me He says I want you to encourage my people. I want, you to sp- I want you to bring a word that just showers encouragement over them. And so that's what today and this whole series is going to be about, building you up. Because I'm making a call right now. I'm making a call for everybody who's streaming online. And those of you who are sharing this, if you live in Flagstaff and you do not have a reason why you should not be attending church, this is the last Sunday that you do not attend church. You're going to start coming back to church because there's a breakthrough coming. There's an anointing coming. There's a healing coming. There's something that's going to happen, and I want it to happen for as many as possible. That doesn't mean God is limited to this room, but if you know anything about the last six months is that streaming at home and being at church feels different. Somebody shout a good amen. There's just something. I cannot replace it. I cannot change it. It's just what it is. So I'm praying for God. If you, Again, there are reasons why people can't. Then there are excuses. So I need you to come. You need you to come. Because God's going to do something great in your life. And so I want you to go with me to 1 Samuel chapter 16. And we'll start in verse 1. And we'll work our way back to where we began. It says right here, Now the Lord said to Samuel, how long will you mourn for Saul, seeing I have rejected him from reigning over Israel? Long story short, Saul was disobedient. How was he disobedient? He stepped out of his assignment. Everybody say assignment. He tried to be somebody he wasn't. He tried to operate in an assignment and anointing he shouldn't have been. The reason God isn't blessing the relationships you want him to is because you're in one you shouldn't be in. God is, God, it will remove you. Sometimes the way it looks is people, when they're trying to find what God wants them to do, they'll start doing everything and and they'll start doing all kinds of stuff. And they'll have six jobs, you know, they'll just be busy, 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 because they want to find something that brings fulfillment. And they're like, God, is this it? Is this it? Is this it? And he's like, slow down. Let me speak. You're putting your hand to a plow. I never asked you to touch. (laughs) 
And the reason I can't bless it is because I didn't ask for it. And so we got to change our, Paul, Saul was being removed. The anointing was being removed from Saul because of his disobedience. And because Saul wasn't patient. Paul, Saul needed to be a little patient. Oh, I'm going to talk about patience just a little bit. Patience in the process. Patience for what God is going to do in your life. We're about to talk about David and how David gets anointed. We read it. David gets anointed to become king. At what age did David get anointed to become king? Oh, come on. There you go. Come on. 17. He was 17. My theologian in the front. He's also been here two services. But 17. How old was David when he began to reign over all of Israel and Judah? 37. 30. 20 years. Somebody say patience. Between what God said, hey, you're going to be king, and before he became king, sometimes you're going to, God is going to have to not only anoint you and give you the assignment, but he's going to have to grow you into it. He's going to have to develop you into it. You're not just going to be able to take it. You're going to have to. And because also, if you just got there in a moment's notice, you wouldn't value it. The reason David valued the throne and the appointment and the assignment that God gave him is because it took 20 years to get there, which a good portion of Saul was still king and trying to kill him. And then after Saul, it was every other nation. And then after his nations that were trying to kill him, it was his own sons. His own son said, Daddy, you're smiling in front of all these other people, but watch out. I'm going to kill you. I hate you. David knew the value because he had to go through all kinds of stuff. Look, I'm I'm talking to somebody right now who's gone through life. And life has hit you and hit you and hit you and hit you. And God's saying, it's all right. It's only building you. These tests aren't meant to reveal your weakness, but build your strength. Let me build your strength so that when you get to where I've called you, you'll value where I brought you. Somebody said, amen, preacher. You know, that was a little Twitter right there. You have to understand that God is bringing you to a place, but you got to be patient. And Saul was not patient. He said, fill your horn with oil. Now, this is the piece I've never preached on, but I want to preach today on this, the anointing. Fill your horn with oil and go. Everybody say go. I am sending you to Jesse the Bethlehemite, for I have provided myself a king. Now, Glenn, will you come up here and you help me with this illustration? Rob, will you help me? Go ahead, you go ahead, jump in the seat, man. Jump in the hot seat. You guys are like, what is a kiddie pool and a chair doing here? Are we joining a sorority or what's going on in the... No, I'm just kidding. So we have uh, this, if you can't see it, there's a little kiddie pool up here. It's a chair. And then we've got these two pitchers are full of oil. They're not beer. It looks like beer. If somebody asked me before, like, what's in those pitchers? Because I didn't explain it at first. Anyway, so to eliminate those questions, this is oil. And so we, uh, uh, we, we're going to pour oil all over Glenn. And the reason why is this, is because the Bible talks about how they would anoint someone for a priest, a king. They, how the, the Bible also talks about when the, the anointing was poured over David, it was also the spirit because God had already picked David. Okay, hear me now. And the anointing oil represents the spirit of God. And so when you see this, I need you to see the, 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 the connection because when they talked about 
uh, the, when they talked about the oil in Exodus chapter 30 for the holy oil, they would talk about five different oils. And next week, I'm going to talk about the five different things that you need to live in the anointing. But this week, I'm going to talk about the power of the anointing. But so when they got it, they said one of them was olive oil. And the olive oil was a hen big. So it was a hen. A hen is five quarts a gallon. So it was a gallon of oil. And so I want you to see this. This illustration paints it. Y'all are just waiting. Like, I keep delaying. Like, no, not yet. Wait, wait, wait. You're like, is he going to pour? He's up here with this big old grin. Like, I can't. I have been. He's had the best job all day. He's like, yep, the last drop. That's my job. And this job is not as easy. But this job is the most rewarding. So he pours it. Go ahead and pour it over. Yeah, there you go. Oh, my. Can y'all see this up here? Poor cut, cut. Like, good. Yeah, get it all over. He's his missing on some arms, some dry spots right here. Yeah, his legs. Yeah, yeah, his ears. Yeah, it didn't get in his ear good enough. There you go. All over. We have carpet cleaners that can fix this. Oh, yeah. Perfect. That's a, Look at this. Now just sit there for a second while I preach. I had the other guys leave. But I want this to sit here because just for a second while I read a couple other scriptures. Can you breathe, Glenn? Just kind of nod if you can. Okay, good. It says, how can I go if Saul hears it, he'll kill me. Take a heifer with you, the Lord said, and, and tell him I have come to sacrifice for the Lord. Invite Jesse to the sacrifice, and I will show you what you shall do and who you shall anoint. Everybody say anointing. For me on the one I named to you. So Samuel did what the Lord said and went to Bethlehem. And the elders of the town trembled at his coming and said, do you come peaceably? And he said, peaceably, I have come to sacrifice to the Lord, just like he did with Saul. Sanctify yourselves and come to me with the sacrifice. And then I want you to underline this. He consecrated Jesse and his sons. This is a huge piece right here because as you watch him, I want you to understand some things. As you watch, he, he's about, David's about to get anointed. They're trying to find which brother's going to be anointed. But before the anointing is poured, before the spirit is poured out, before the word of the prophet happens, before the word of the Lord comes, consecration happens first. And consecration means that like, it looks like this in a service. It's the worship. See, during the worship, you come in and you think this is just what we have to do to get to the preaching. Some of you love the worship more than the preaching, but the worship is what consecrates us to set us up for the word. So when you consecrate yourself in your mind and your heart and your soul and say, oh, I'm singing these words, but I'm dedicating my life and my heart and my mind and my week and my month and my year, I'm giving it to God. You're dedicating and consecrating yourself. You cannot receive the anointing till you consecrate first. That's why some were, some people will wait till the worship and sit down. They'll come in here. They love to hear the preaching and this little white guy up here get all crazy and jump around and yell a little bit and make some jokes. And, and then they leave here and the word never really hits deep enough in them because they didn't ever consecrate. So the word didn't go deep enough to penetrate because consecration will determine the depth of the word in your life. What's the difference? Consecration. Somebody say consecrate myself. 
you, you got to don't skip the worship. Don't don't click in online after the work. You time it just right. It's about 15 minutes. So if we get there right after you, you kind of clock it in. Oh, well, it's because the music is just so loud and I don't know these songs and they're unfamiliar. No, no, you can make whatever excuse you want, honey. But the real truth is you need worship in your life. And when you consecrate yourself, that's when the word will start making sense. When the Bible doesn't make sense and you're reading it and it's just gibberish and you don't get it, it's because there's been no consecration first. I know that's difficult, but the difference is consecration. My life will be different. So then he said this, he invited them to the sacrifice. And so it was when they came to Iliad, they came and they looked at Iliab. They looked at Iliab and he said, surely, this is Samuel. Surely, Josh, come up here. Surely, Rob, come up here. Louis, come up here. Yeah, I'm going to call a bunch of guys up here. Come on up here. Oh, my gosh. Look how good this one is, right? Look how, look at Eliab. Gosh, Eliab is, he's taller. Look at how broad his shoulders are. Come on, face everybody like a model, man. Like, and, and oh, my God, they talk about Eliab. Eliab was handsome. Eliab was a good-looking man. And they talk about it, and then they got Abinadab. And Abinadab, oh, my gosh, Abinadab was talented, he had talent for days. He could sing. He could play. Everybody hated him because he could do all of that stuff. Great for you. And jo- <laughs> not Josh. Eliab or Abinadab. Abinadab had all these skills. And the other brothers, they represent all the rest. The other brothers all had their own unique thing that they were. Some were good at war. Some were good at. And they all had. They all were good looking, great men, standing up strong and tall. And they came before the prophet he says, oh, even the prophet, the prophet looked and said, oh, surely this is God's anointed before me. Did you know that even the man of God can get it wrong? Did you know that even your, your, your like Jesse, who didn't allow David to come in here, your spiritual father, your earthly father, your uh, somebody, a mentor, a coach in your life can get it wrong in your life, and they can be looking at everybody else but you, and they can be looking at all of the surface stuff, and they can be judging on what everybody else looks like, and you feel like you're the one left out with the sheep. See, see, sometimes we, 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 we got to be careful because we, we don't want to make the man of God, a spiritual person, influence in our life, God for us. Because even though he was thinking, God, this has got to be it. God says, no. And I'll tell you what God said. God says, do not look at his appearance or his physical stature because I have refused him. For the Lord does not see as man sees. For man looks on the outward appearance. But God looks at the, God looks at the, God looks at the heart. And I know you've heard this preached before, but every time the world says, oh, you got to look like this, you got to be this. Oh, well, I want to be the next boss, or I want to be the next this, or I want to be the next president, I want to be the next. You don't need to be the next everything, anything, because that's what Samuel and Jesse were doing. Samuel and Jesse were looking for the next king to look like Saul, who acts like Saul, who thinks like Saul. They were, they were looking for someone for the next position. God was looking for somebody new. 
Oh, somebody praise. When the world is looking for the next thing, God is looking to do a new thing. When the world just wants another thing, God wants to do a new thing. God, you may think, oh, I don't really fit that qualification or that position. I don't look like them. I don't sound like them. Oh, how am I going to be the next T.D. Jakes or Joel Osteen? I don't need you to be the next thing. I need you to be a new thing. Do not look. Do not judge. Do not take yourself. Some of us, we look in our own mirror and say, not you. And we think, oh, it can't be us. I don't, I don't sing like John. No, we have one drummer at this church. And we have more people who know how to play the drums. And let me tell you why. When some people hear our music, they think, oh, I can't play like that. We need more people. We don't need another Harrison. I don't need another Josh. I don't need another Rob. I don't need another. I, we need a new anointing. We need a new person. We need a fresh face. I don't want to look at all the same. I don't want to all one layer. One Look, if this cake was all white, this would not be a good cake. I like cake with layers and flavors and diversity in it. We got to have some difference. God appreciates. What's the difference? God appreciates the difference. God's not looking. Now, he didn't say Eliab is evil. Again, he didn't say something negative about him. He, he, remember, you don't have to demean someone else to approve yourself. You don't have to demean another race to build your. You don't have to, you don't have to speak against somebody in order to build yourself up. You don't have to demean somebody else's position in order to build your position. You just need to understand you have an assignment from God with an anointing from God and approved by God and affirmed by God and loved by God. And I don't need, while other people may cheer and clap, I don't need that. All I need is his approval. Thank you guys. You can grab a seat. In fact, no, Josh, yeah, you stay. <laughs> but he, they, 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 they line up all. What's the difference between them and me? What's the difference between us and them? What's the difference between David and the other brothers? Were the other brothers bad? No. Just wasn't meant to be. That wasn't their assignment. Be weary of people who want to put you in an assignment you weren't created for. They're like, oh, you'd be good for this. Uh, the Bible says, let every, everything be established in the mouth of two or three witnesses. What that means is, if you feel something from God, other people will feel it and speak it too. But if you get some rando who comes up to you and be like, oh, I got a parking lot prophecy for you, brother. <laughs> and they look all wild. I got people in my life, man, when they, this is how it looks for preachers and pastors. You, you know, pastors, a lot of people will try to be a pastor or launch a church. Come on, y'all know what I'm talking about. Nod your head if you know what I'm talking about. But it doesn't always last. I meet a lot of people like, I used to be a pastor. Used to? I'm pretty sure that God said his gifting is without reproach and revoke. I don't know about used to. I, oh, I, I planted churches before. Where are they now? Shepherd's always a shepherd. I know, I know a lot of people who try to speak into my, I have a board and I, each of them have their specific assignment and I have a staff and they have all their assignment and it's all growing and wonderful and doing great and everybody does their part. I have voices in my life. I want you to hear this. This is for you. I have voices in my life. And what I mean by that is I have a select people that God has anointed to be a voice in my life. So I, I listen to them and I glean from them. 
they call me and say, Landon, you're doing good. Landon, don't be dumb. Landon, how are you doing? They, they check on me. They come and see me. Their voices. Then there are people who try to step into an assignment that they weren't created for. Oh, you know what you should do, preacher? Oh, and and I, I, that happens to me. I want to share this with you because I know it's happening in your life. There are a lot of people who want to show up in your life and act like God gave them the assignment over your life, but they weren't created to be over you. You weren't created to be under them. God is over you, covering you, and got a word for you, and is going to build you and grow you. And you need to be careful of who you allow around you. And if they're on, because if they're operating out of their assignment, they're operating out of their anointing. And if they're operating out of their anointing, they're operating out of the will of God. Be careful. <laughs> I didn't give this to the other two because I told you this was going to be the best one and I'm, I'm going to try to wrap up and I'm going to close here in just a second, but gosh, you got to catch on to this because we don't need a next thing. We need a new thing. We don't need to be worried about someone else's assignment. I need to be in my assignment. How weird would that be if I'd have been like, well, I just love them all. Let's get all seven brothers and stuff them in this little pool. How weird and awkward would that be if I put like a few more guys in here with Glenn and they're all just showering in oil? <laughs> I know he, he'd get weird, goofy with it, but there's that would be... We laugh because it's, but all, all the time we see it. We're like, well, I would like what they have. I want to be that. Oh, I want to do that. Well, I want to, and we try to, we, we try to vie for and step up to, and we try to perpetuate, we try to really force our way because of our gifting. Iliab could have been king because he has a gifting for that kingly ship, but that doesn't mean he has an anointing for it. There are a lot of people who want to preach and they may have a gifting, but they don't have the anointing. There's a lot of churches out there who want to have church and they have giftings, but they don't have an anointing. We have a work. We have our COVID worship team, all three of them that they sing and they lead and you hear all these wonderful instruments and we just make it a mystery of how that all happens. And we have three up here because of COVID, but one day we're going to have our full band back and it'll be up here rocking and cranking. But let me tell you, it's not about how many are on the stage and it's not about the instruments. It's about the anointing in which they sing and lead with and they can't touch it. It doesn't mean they're perfect. It doesn't mean they got it all figured out. It doesn't mean they live in it right. It means God, I need you. God, I want you. God, I'm going to lead people under my anointing and what you have called me to do. And as many people want to come in and say, oh, I don't know. You shouldn't let them or let that or do this. I say, excuse me. Shouldn't have let you through the door. Is what should have happened. Because we need your seat. <laughs> Frankly. And your parking spot. We got, you got to be careful. The Bible says, do not mess with God's anointed, lest you be, don't touch God's anointing. I, 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 don't, I can, look, he can, fa David failed all day long, but you can't judge, don't step on it. And David knew that Saul's anointing had left him, but David knew not to touch Saul because he knew don't touch. You cannot curse what God has blessed. You cannot, you, you cannot attack what God has anointed. My oh, my anointing is working for me. Can somebody write that down? My anointing is working for me because when the enemy's oppressing me and I don't even know it, my anointing is fighting it. When the enemy's trying to speak the wrong thing in my ear, oh, the enemy can't do it because my anointing has covered it. I'm not petting him. I'm touching his ear as an illustration. And, and, but you have the anointing. Look at all of this. 
Look at him dripping. Young people now, and I'm going to put myself in that category, we say drip. You know, don't laugh at me. I'm young. Drip. We say when, when you have like a great outfit on or something, right? You look good. Am I close to being not even not even close? Did you shake your hand? <laughs> Just at least give me the pity yes and then correct me later. But you, but he is dripping in, in oil. If stand up, Glenn. He is soaked from head to toe. Covered. He smells different. He feels different. Glenn, uh, where's his towels? Yeah, go ahead and give him his towels. Give it up for Glenn. I'm going to let him leave now. Now, you can't see it, but when Glenn walks, they all made footprints. Uh, Let me ask you a question. When was the last time you left footprints of a trail of the anointing of the of the Holy Ghost in your life? When was the last? Glenn is dripping with the anointing. When was the last time you walked by somebody and just dripped the anointing? See, when you come into church, you just get a drip of my anointing. But you need your own outpouring of the Holy Spirit to anoint you for your home, for your life, for your calling, for your purpose, for what God. You need to be dripping in the anointing of God. What's the difference between you and me is my anointing. What's the difference between us and them it's our anointing what is the difference between you and everybody on this earth is your anointing for the assignment for which God puts you on here give God some praise if you know you're on assignment if you know you've got an anointing if you know the father is with you get dripping with that anointing now he's gonna go shower off he's gonna clean off and the water will wash The oil would remain for a long time if he didn't. It would remain for a long time. Feel like it, smell like it. But a quick rinse. I know people who will leave church and before they go to brunch, they'll change into something more casual before they go to eat so it doesn't look like they went to church. I know people who will leave right after church after feeling and receiving the Holy Spirit in their life and get into a knockdown, drag out argument, cussing and screaming and lose and, and leave and wash off everything that just happened. We got to stay in the anointing, stay in our assignment. We don't need to get into another argument. We don't need to get into another debate. We don't need to get into politics. We don't need to get into all that garbage. We don't need to get into the world stuff. I'm in the world, but I'm not of the world. I don't need to be, I, I stand out that a person who's anointed, walk, think about that, walking around the street, if Glenn just kind of walked around, would he look different? Would he walk different? Talk different? See different? Think? Can we say that about ourselves? The anointing of the Lord is the difference in your life. I can't wait to continue this. I I thought I was going to preach it in one message and go to another topic. But the Lord wants me to settle on this for the next couple weeks and just teach about the anointing. And next week I'm going to preach about the five things of how to remain in the anointing of God. And then the following week, guess what we're going to do? We're not going to preach about it. We're going to be about it. So I'm going to warn you now, the third week, two weeks from now, what we're going to do is we're going to have an anointing service. I'm not going to pour pictures all over you, but we are going to anoint you with oil. And I'm going to let people who are comfortable come down to 
the front. And I am, I am not going to be held back from this. When the Holy Spirit tells me what to do, I understand the balance of wisdom, but I am going to allow people who want the hand of God on their life to be prayed for, to be touched, to be anointed. Because the Bible says that you need to go to the elders of the church, let them lay hands on you and anoint you with oil that you may be healed. This altar isn't for preaching. It's for praying. This altar isn't for a platform. This altar is for breakthrough. I'm not preaching so you can clap for my gift. I'm preaching so people can be free and that the anointing can fall. Come on, give God some praise. Give God some real praise. Stand with me. We're going to close and dismiss. God is good. And we, we, I, I said that just a quick phrase, but we clap for giftings a lot. And a lot of people think they're going to show up here and they're going to listen to this guy preach and see what he does and come and go. But I'm not here to be clapped for a gifting. It's not my, there are people who have come just to check out our church and see what's the difference. I, for real, from other churches. And they realize we sing the same songs. Our preacher makes corny jokes too. What's the difference? Oh, it's not the gifting. The, the difference is the anointing that I was seated in my assignment just like Jesus was on assignment. He said, I do everything that the Father bids me to do. I speak what the Father speaks. I do what the Father says to do. I am in obedience and submitted to the Father and I am on assignment. And then he went and washed his disciples' feet because let me tell you, the anointing falls on those who are serving, not being served. David was out in the sheep field and got called in. He was serving while the others were being served. The anointing's not for the people who are being served, but the ones who are serving. The ones who say, oh, I want to serve. Put me in that seat because I'm going to serve people and wash feet like Jesus did. I'm going to step out and love people and hug people and be what God has called me to be. I'm going to be the hands and the feet. And just like James and John were arguing and Jesus corrected him, the last shall be first and first shall be last. Whoever's the greatest will be the least and the least will be greatest. Whoever serves, that's who the anointing is for. He said, Jesus came to serve and he said, the spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon me and he has gifted me. The anointing is on me to proclaim freedom to the captives. Good news to the poor. All of it was service statements. Are you serving? Because that's when the anointing will fall. Let's pray. Lord, in Jesus name. Oh, come on, saints. Oh, that kind of powerful word. You, you at least whisper pray and speak begin to say, God, I've been chasing the next thing, but I need to get a new thing. Lord, I pray that there's some people in here who've been wanting to be served only to take and never give. And Lord, right now, they're changing their mind. They're changing their, 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 their mindset and paradigm, God, Lord, so that they can then become a servant of. Lord, and I thank you, God, Lord, that we're changing it. We're flipping the script, God, Lord, and we're going to do something different. And when the anointing pours on our life, it's going to be for the assignment you gave to our life. And Lord, I pray we stay right in that assignment under that anointing and following you. The greatest difference in our life is your anointing, the Holy Spirit of God upon each and every one of us. And Lord, I pray that we would walk out of here smelling different, feeling different, thinking different, smiling bigger, happier, more joyful, more peaceful. 
Lord, I pray that we'd leave here and we'd want to talk about Jesus during the week. We'd leave here and couldn't help but drip on other people. We, we couldn't help but rub it off on other people. And Lord, I thank you, God, Lord, that we're not going to wash it off. We're not going to let something take it away. God, we're going to remain in the anointing. Right now, let the Holy Spirit fall in this place. Come on, pray, saints. Let the Holy Spirit fall in this place. Fall on every heart, life, and mind. Fall on every person streaming online, each prison cell, each home group. God, right now, in the name of Jesus, let the Spirit of God fall. Fall fresh on us. Fall fresh on us. When was the last time we got a fresh outpouring? We need it. We need it. In Jesus' name. And everybody who received a good word from God today shouted a good amen. Amen. Come on, let's give God some praise. Amen, amen, amen. Thank you guys. So thankful for our third service today. It was uh, such a great day. Looking forward to next week. Make sure you are here. RSVPs go out in 30 minutes and we want you to be here as the series continues. Let's speak this bridge declaration will be dismissed and I'll see you next Sunday. I am a bridge builder. This is my season of favor. I am blessed to live my best. I will choose to love him first. I will worship fully, love deeply, and my community will thrive because I am praying for it. I am a carrier of peace. I will represent God's gentleness to myself and others. I will live out his gospel. I am blessed to live my best because I am a bridge Bridge builder. Amen. God bless you, Bridge Church. Have a wonderful week. We are so glad you joined us today. If this message spoke to you and you made a spiritual decision, we would love to connect with you. You can do that by sending us an email to info at wearebridge.church and let us know the steps you took. And also, if you're new to our Bridge Online Church family, we have a gift for you. So if you could email us to info at wearebridge.church, we'd love to get your information so we can send you that gift. We're so thankful that you worship with us today. And remember to stay connected because we're so much better together. We'll see you later, Bridge Church. Testimony